When all of your energy is focused outside of yourself, it can be exhausting and can lead to burnout when you're looking for validation from the outside world. Today's guest, Casey Rossi, is a mindset and self-leadership coach who helps those people like you and me to really step into our power by tuning within. Join us to find out more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us towards a deeper understanding of ourselves. And as we take that journey, we, we take steps and we make mistakes and we learn to ex- allow, accept and embrace all those mistakes. And we learn to say, yes, I am learning instead of beating ourselves up. And we learn how to be shining in our brilliance from all of the things we're learning and integrating and discovering about ourselves. And that's really why I love this show. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love having conversations that reveal how awesome. Each and every person is on their own learning discovery path on earth, in earth school. And earth school celebrates mistakes. We celebrate learning. We celebrate taking a journey. We celebrate the discovery. That's what it's all about. And I love that that's opening back up for the age of Aquarius and that the whole paradigm is shifting out of this shaming, blaming, judgment stuff, which, you know, I guess we had to go through that. And there's another whole way to be with with uh, learning processes. You know, there's a whole another way of living that shows us even more deeply our brilliance, our beautiful natures. And that's what I like to help you unlock. And that's why I bring guests on every week to share their story of unlocking that for themselves. Because hopefully something that they said or something that we say in this conversation is encouraging and inspiring and uplifting and helps you to take that next step deeper into your own self-acceptance and your own self-love because self-love is where it's at, people. We want the world to love each other. We got to start at home with ourselves. So today I'm really excited to have Casey Rossi on the show. Welcome, Casey. Thank you so much, Carrie. I can't wait to dive in with you. Casey is just a burst of light and brilliance, as you can see if you're watching. She is a mindset and self-leadership coach who helps high-achieving women entrepreneurs go from people-pleasing, burned-out perfectionists to profitable powerhouses. I love the sound of that. She's been a full-time entrepreneur since 1991, and she and I have that in common, lifetime entrepreneurs, and she has built six and seven-plus-figure businesses. That's amazing. She's got a lot of certifications. She's a founder of the Soul Print Method, which is a system that combines energy, mindset, and spirituality. It's a holistic approach, and definitely we are operating in the holistic sense of things now on the planet, learning how to embrace it all. She's also the host of the Women Developing Brilliance podcast, and I am on there, and I will put a link in the show notes to my interview with Casey on her show. It's really impressive all the things that you have created, Casey. Thank you. And so, like, 
did you just walk onto the planet feeling so empowered or do you have a story to share about how you got that way? (laughs) Oh my gosh. If it was that easy, right? Yeah, no, it's absolutely been a journey. And I love that you said in the intro, really, it's about celebrating the stumbles because that's truly what the journey is, whether we're just journeying along in life or as an entrepreneur, I always feel like we sometimes get a few extra doses because there's nowhere to hide when you're a solopreneur. So it's just like me, myself and I like out there into the world. So I feel like there's a few more extra challenges and goodies to uncover about ourselves and our worthiness and our confidence. And it absolutely wasn't something that came instantaneously. It was something that literally was chipped away at over several years for sure. And uncomfortable at times, as you know, Carrie, because that's a part of it. And sometimes you feel like you're getting cracked open. And then you realize like after you traverse one of those tears, you're like, okay, I understand what that cracking open was meant for. And then sometimes you're just, you know, in that process, but really that was last year where it was kind of like, I felt like I was getting beat up at a very rapid pace where it was like, wait, I haven't even gotten up yet. And it was like, you're getting knocked down and slowly getting up, getting knocked down. So I feel like we have different cycles in our life where there's extra challenges. And then you just have to be like, okay, like how do I breathe through this? And that's where that growth mindset and faith and really being tapped into your deep why come in. So yeah, it's definitely a process and didn't come out like magically easy butterflies and rainbows <laughs> by any means. Yeah. The rainbow happens after the storm. I mean, that's, isn't that when it happens? There's yeah. like the thunder showers and the big, you know, the big clouds in the sky and then the rainbow appears. And I think, you know, we all love rainbows and sometimes we resist the thunder showers, right? The thunder clouds. There's beauty in that process. And, you know, we've had a lot of thunder and lightning going on on the planet for at least the last few years has been super ramped up, right? Because we're on the verge of the rainbow. And in yeah. order to get there, we got to pass through these uncomfortable, lingering shadows that need empathy, right? They need like our ancestors, like our own life choices, all the things that happened. We need to witness it. Where are the witnesses, right? I mean, I feel like that's what's happening here. What do you feel? Yeah, I feel both metaphorically and literally, we have been seeing such a turbulence and and a lot of that shadow side and storms and fires and, and all of these things. And I feel like we each have this opportunity to go through that period of time and look at it through the lens of it truly is something that has been pre-planned specifically for your soul, specifically for your growth and self-actualization, that it's not, you know, the victim side of the coin where it's like, oh man, this is happening to me. And why is this always happening to me? And I think when we can look at that as, as this story that's, you know, false, because it is truly for your growth and to propel yourself forward. Once we can start embracing that. And of course, like it's not fun. It's not fun in that messy middle in the dark storm, you know, that dark soul of the night, you know, of course you're going to have these questioning thoughts and there's probably going to be some doubts that come up no matter how strong you are, no matter how much personal growth that you've done. And I think that that's where a little bit of this, um, I guess like differentiation between 
program positive psychology, which I think we see a lot out there in our industry where it's the fake it till you make it. It's the, let me just like do affirm like affirmations and visualizations. And there isn't this embodiment. And when you and I spoke last, we talked about embodiment. And I think that that's such a crucial piece where there isn't spiritual bypassing allowed. It's kind of like, you know, like you have to pass go in order to collect $200, you know, like you've got to do the work. And I think that that is when the transformation starts to take hold in a much deeper way, in a much more meaningful way, in a way that we don't feel like we have to rush to Facebook to post all of our stuff. (laughs) You know, like it's much more of a solitude, individual, personal awakening that we're okay with, like within our bubble, without having to get external validation and contribute to the noise on social media. Noise. I'm glad that you said that. There's a lot of noise. And I am a person that's always valued peace. And I realized last night in a ceremony that I had that I'm like, oh, that's because I am peace. Like at some deep mm-hmm. level, that's what I am. I don't know if that's my function. That's that's who I am. And so I was chuckling to myself because in order to understand yourself, you have to do the opposite for a while. So. I was chuckling to myself. I was like, wow, drama queens can really make good peacemakers on the other side. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny to me because I created a lot of drama, you know, by being really sensitive and being like, ooh, I don't like that. I reject that. That's, that's poking my bubble of peace. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing, I always tried to create peace by not engaging in conflict. That's not the way. Like in order to be peace, we have to be able to be with conflict. Yeah. Because otherwise peace is just conflict. It's a false peace. It's not a true peace. So peace is like embracing it all, right? Which means, like you said, like going inside, facing all your discomfort, being with the feelings that are coming up, being with your reactions, not necessarily acting from them, but you know, being with them, right? Like witnessing yourself. Yeah, you need both sides of that. You need to have an intimate friendship and relationship with both peace and anger and discomfort to know both of them, right? And it's it's the same with anything in creation. You have to know darkness to understand and appreciate the light. Like it is all of that balance, understanding and appreciating the feminine just as much as we honor and respect the masculine components. So absolutely need to be friends and, and uh, connected to both sides. And I think the journey of a woman, at least my experience of it, and I'm curious about yours, because you also do so much empowerment work with women, is about being able to be in conflict and still feel safe. Like that seems to be a big part of this journey of embracing the conflict, because I just know that the only way to have true peace is to move through the conflict with diplomacy to then have peace or to have peace enough to hold space for the conflicts so that there can be diplomacy. So whatever way you want to look at that, but the peace starts with being safe, right? Being safe to have conflict. Yes. And I also think that we have to cultivate our own space for safety, because I think that that is so huge. I mean, it only takes five minutes of turning into the news to activate our nervous system, activate that fight and flight, activate fear-based living. And 
for me, we have to counterbalance that with some type of personal, individual, spiritual practice, some type of way to pacify our nervous system, to tune within, to almost cultivate a safety bubble for ourselves, you know, and come back to ourselves, come back to our center, come back to our home. And I think that one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing such a spin out on a global level is because we aren't tuned within, we're tuning out. We're not only tuning out of our own self and our own divine wisdom, we're disconnected in general with our intuition because we're looking for experts to tell us what to do. We're tuned into the news and the fake news and all the things in between, the underground news. I mean, it's no wonder we're spinning out, you know? And so I think one of the things we can do to combat that is to really start putting boundaries in for ourselves. of what am I going to allow into this space? Because I can't create safety and sacred space if I'm allowing every single vibration into that aura, into that bubble, into that field. And we get to choose And I think that that is the biggest piece of empowerment because we get to control what's in between our ears. We get to control what's on our cell phone, how much time we're spending in front of the box, both the computer, Netflix, and what have you. And I think that that's often overlooked because there's really great psychologists and marketers that are understanding what's going to hook us on a very deep level. And so I think it becomes this practice of unhooking, which takes discipline because there's fear of missing out. And there is some false belief that we're going to be like airy, fairy, naive creatures if we're not tuned in and tapped into the news, which isn't true. So I think there's a it's a big, complex story. But to your point of safety, yes, it's super important and We have the power to have a jurisdiction over cultivating that, but it takes discipline and it takes having a personal spiritual practice. Yes, it's really interesting too, because there's a you know, there's this ancient story about the the white wolf and the black wolf and like which wolf are you gonna feed? Mm. You know, is are you gonna feed the peace or are you gonna feed the war? Yeah. Because they're all happening all the time. And so you have a choice, right? You have a choice which one you're going to feed. And if you're watching the news, you're kind of feeding the war wolf. Unless you can watch it from a place of peace and detachment and witness it. And I feel like that is a power road, like to be peace and to witness war from peace dissolves war eventually. Interesting perspective. I don't know if I 100% agree with that, but what I see more often is the... Uh, stir of watching everything that's going on. And then that spins multiple conversations based in fear. And so for me, that is like the negativity having so much fun, like, yay, the fire's getting bigger, bigger, bigger. So to me, like when I think of pacifying that fire or anger or negativity, that comes from love and it absolutely comes from peace. But I don't find we're going to cultivate peace through talking about really strong controversial topics or political topics or war or all the things that are going on that don't have that. But I love that concept. I love being able to witness from that sense of peace, but I don't see that. And I think it's because there's such a strong vibrational pull collectively that you've got to be at a pretty high level to just detach and unhook from that and and look at it from like, you were talking before, which was interesting language about being in this human suit. 
So it's like, okay, my human is actually experiencing X, Y, Z. So I think you have to be at a pretty high consciousness to say, oh, okay, I can witness this. And I'm so centered and grounded into my own peace. And I don't know how many of us have that. And so I see more often the majority and the collective consciousness going in that other direction. And so I think it takes like this, this extra kind of um, proactive consciousness to say like, how can I like be in the world, right? But not of the world and approach it in this very heart empathetic, big way, but then also just be very, very conscious of the vibrations that I allow into my space. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not about taking it on. I think the place where it gets sticky is when people take on the negativity happening around them instead of simply being in inner peace and witnessing it. Yeah. It's like, we want to fix it, right? We want to change it or fix it instead of just be with it, it's just what, it's a phase, right? It's what's happening for this person, whatever humanity is going through or an individual person and that's having negativity. That's yeah. just a phase, right? Because we have to all experience the whole spectrum in order to understand the totality. Yeah. We, we learn by experiencing, right? We do. And I'm not saying put blinders on and block out reality like that. That's definitely not what I'm advocating, but I think it is this interesting dance you know, of finding our footing and feeling really connected to our soul and being aware and empathetic of what's going on in today's world. Yeah, it's definitely learning how to build that safety bubble for yourself. Like that's step one, right? And step one, you might need to shut a whole bunch of stuff out in order to find peace. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You got to like sequester. I'm a hermit. You know, I have a two, four line and I hermit up. I'm like in my house. I have decided what is allowed in my house and that's the frequency that's in my house, right? In order to support me in feeling safe and peaceful. That's beautiful. And I'm, I'm right on the same page with that. And that I think that that's something that we can often lose hold of because it's so easy to like rush down the river with the masses. And then it's like, wait, simplify you bring it all the way back. Like I'm a fan of digital minimalism. I'm a fan of putting those boundaries in and really, you know, being so protective of what I let in because I know I'm going to have to process it and I'm very sensitive. So it may take like double the time to process whatever I stick in there. So it's like, okay, where do I want to maximize my efforts, whether it's in meditation or any other kind of cleansing ritual that I'm going to do? It's like, you know, I want to be like very, very aware of what I let in. Yeah. And that to me feels like self-care. You know, it's that self-care and discernment. Like our bodies are constantly telling us, right, Casey? Like our bodies tell us if something is stressful and not safe. And when something feels safe and peaceful, our body is like the first place it's going to start telling us. Talk about that a little bit too, for people that want to know more. Yeah. I think that that definitely goes back to embodiment. It goes back to being very in tune with our centers, not only just our mind space, because the mind space can sometimes get confused again with the the thoughts, the linear, the logical, and sometimes those little inner gremlins that have old stories that can come in and repeat stuff. And we're going to gravitate towards things that are more repetitive. So my intention is then to just say, okay, like when we're trying to tap into what is pure and right and and bring in that that homeostasis and balance how do we drop into our heart center 
What does that feel like? What does that even feel like? Right. And you're breathing. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like just inhaling and visualizing like healing energy or a color that's coming to you all around your heart space and cleansing out, you know, anything that's not serving you can be so powerful and change your state in a matter of seconds and drop you in. And then going down into the the brain in our belly, right? And that gut wisdom center and really getting in tune with that. And you're going to start to really become adept at being in touch with your wisdom when you start to develop this and practice it. It's not that some people were granted like a magic wand and you get to have this sixth sense. It's literally like we all have it. It's just how tuned in are we? And we can't be tuned in when we're constantly clutching our cell phone, flipping through TikTok, or you know, being a slave to all the notifications and the alerts. And so again, this is where some of that self-discipline comes in. This is where self-leadership comes in. This is where I think what it is, is like, Sometimes people can hear this and go, that sounds great, but then there's never any action on the back end of it. It's like, yeah, I've heard that before. It sounds so simple, sounds so basic, like take a deep breath or try to tune into those three energy centers. But here's the thing. It's just like nectar to the bees. You've got to taste that sweetness before you know which flowers to go back to that brought you that source. You have that source wisdom inside of you to change your state, to feel better, to cultivate peace in a matter of moments. But unless you practice it, your system is not going to know how to repeat that because it is so used to the outside external stimuluses. And so it may take a little time, but the results are absolutely worth it on the other side. But I think that for your listeners to just realize like it is so simple, you don't need a book and you don't need a guru, like you have everything you need within you right now to make those changes for yourself, to ask yourself, what do I truly need? What do I want in this moment? How can I calm my nervous system right now? Having that power, you don't need to call anybody. You don't need any external validation. And I think that we're in this very instant gratification, fast-paced information overload space that to untether from that takes a little time. You don't need a course (laughs) to learn how to untether. You just have to like take a breath and commit to being curious about what does it look like to get back to basics, to simplify and to come like return home to my own heart wisdom. And then once you keep tuning into that, you're going to be like, oh man, I feel better. And it may be subtle or it may be dramatic, but you're going to start to see these shifts And this will reprogram those neural pathways in your brain to be like sweetness, cool, dopamine, serotonin. I can cultivate this myself through movement, through music, through meditation. Amazing. Like you are so tapped in to the powerhouses that you're seeking, but they're not outside. They're inside you. They're inside your human capsule. All of the macrocosm of the whole entire world, the whole entire creation is within your human body. It's within your drop of soul, which is the essence of the great big oversoul. How exciting is that? I mean, that should be front page news. That is exciting. I love the way you described that. And I I want to say also that sometimes the healed state is a frequency. And when we gather together with the intention of cultivating that, it creates a bigger force field that is easier than to claim your own inside that collective force field. It's easier to claim it. 
So, you know, seek a community or be in a place where being, you know, be led to a community where you can engage in the frequency to then also be in your own space to find your truth for yourself. So that's a very tricky thing, right? Because up until now, there's been communities that tell you how to do it. So this isn't about, right? I love what you said. It's not about telling someone how to find their own self. Like that's, we can give you hints like on the broadcast every week, right? We, we talk about hints like, hey, this is how I found mine. Yeah. But, you know, but we have a unique thumbprint journey. So how you, how listeners, like however you're finding yours is your journey. That's, that's how it's going to show up for you. And that is sometimes frustrating when you really want it to happen and it's not happening. I understand that too. And that is part of the journey too. It is. But, you know, kind of tapping into places like this or conversations like this or podcasts or communities where you can be part of that collective frequency, it will help to awaken it within you. It's, it's a force field. Again, yeah, it, it absolutely is. I mean, really circling back to talking about that collective consciousness of fear-based negativity that can come from external circumstances. On the flip side, on the positive side, we have that opportunity to tune into that higher vibration and higher frequency that nourishes our souls, that have our cells vibrate at that higher frequency that makes it easier to tune and tap in. And so that's a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of even these conversations that we can have, we're healing each other right now. And then the listeners coming in, they're getting healed at the time that they need. I I always think of it as like thirsty earth, you know, and that when you can tap into your peeps and your tribal energy, it is literally like everyone gets a fresh drink of water and can feel like a breath of fresh air and it's nourishing. And then they can grow again in their individuality. We each hold that power in our own individual seed and we're each going to sprout into something else. But I feel like this stuff is really the, the mana and the nectar of life that help us along that blossoming journey. Absolutely. I like that image of the desert and pouring the water in Because, you know, war does tend to create a desert. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it does. But that desert is part of the process of awakening too, because we then have the thirst for something beautiful. We have the thirst for something meaningful. We have the thirst for something connected. We have the thirst for peace because of the desert, right? So I think we're, we're seeing that happen collectively now. And I was asking last night in my ceremony, I said, well, how can I, because I know that it's a yes and from the peace perspective. So how can I be that? And I was trying out different things to see how my body felt, like different Mm. things to say. And when I just said simply, I stand for peace, that's the thing. I stand for peace. Anytime I tried to expand on that to be like, because I don't like, or you know, that was, no, it was like, no, the frequency is I stand for peace. That's awesome. It's like, okay. And I think that is the, that's it. It's simple. It is, but there's so much power and simplicity. And I think that that's where I feel some of the um, mysticism and spiritual topics can feel elusive because I think our brains are telling us that it needs to be overcomplicated, but in its purity, it's so simple and it's so basic. It's like, we're all one love is the answer, right? Peace is the way. I mean, they're so simple. And a lot of times it's one word or three words. Like it's not this huge, complex, flowery thing that's hard to grasp. It is truly like the fabric of our makeup. And that's so very basic. It's the basic building block. So 
it can be simple. It should be simple. I mean, there's so much power and beauty in that simplicity. Yeah. And it's the simplicity that is going to bring us home. And so I'm being mindful now to always bring the simplicity. Yeah. And to really be mindful of any place within me that desires complexity. The complexity introduces a, a, a gap, basically, between the truth and everything else. And there is, is the truth. The truth is, I stand for peace. That's the truth. That is the truest thing I could say. Mm-hmm. And anything other than that is sort of a gap. The mind creates that, those other complexities in order to create confusion from the one very aligned truth. A hundred percent. And I think that's what causes spiraling down. And I feel like we're on the same page as far as getting in alignment to spiral up. It's a very, very, very different journey and one that just takes mindfulness. And again, being tapped into our heart center to make that conscious choice. It's just a teeny little shift, but it can like completely put you in two different destinations. And, it, and it's moment by moment. It's a very skinny branch. As my, my mentors say, this is a very skinny branch. Yeah. Because the choices are moment by moment. As I love what you said, you know, it's what we choose to give our attention to. And so we, in being mindful of our deepest truth and desire, for mine is I stand for peace, then I must always be mindful that of of whatever I'm thinking or creating is that aligned with I stand for peace. That's awesome. And I feel like that is going to help you with your decision-making. That's going to help you with your integrity. That's going to help you with your core values. So I love that. I And I feel like this could be a really powerful invitation to the listeners of like, what is that core message from your inside? What do you stand for? Like, what is your non-negotiable? What is something that you feel your soul was put here on the earth to emanate? And what's your one-liner? Like, what's your one-liner, right? What's your one-liner? Yeah. And and then like, you can match up everything to that. Like, are my actions being reflected of that? Like, are my decisions, are the people, places, and things that I'm surrounding myself with in alignment to that? And it's very, very easy then. Like, you know, I find that you're probably not going to be watching some type of movie that has violence or like graphic images in it because if you stand for peace, vibrationally, your system's not going to allow that, you know? So it's it's really interesting how it all kind of lines up and and uh, yeah, it can become kind of a cool journey. Yeah, and and it's like the more that you're feeding the thing that your truest self is saying is what you stand for, listener, I love that you made the invitation to the listener, whatever it is you stand for, as you feed that, that you stand for, it creates that frequency wider of that which you stand for. And then your tractor field in your Gene Keys chart, if you know about that, starts going, okay, let me find more examples of that. And then it will bring to you the example of what you stand for so that you can be witnessed in it. Yeah, I love Sometimes that. it'll bring you the opposite too, so you can decide. <laughs> yeah, there's always, there's always temptations. Like, are you sure? Knock, knock. Let's just make sure. <laughs> make sure you're not going to get hooked by that. <laughs> yeah, let's just do a little test. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's the thing is to, is to, that's what I was talking about is with the detachment. 
Because when you can be in so much inner certainty of your truth and what you stand for, it doesn't have to be oppositional. Like it can just be what you stand for, period. You stand for that. That's why I love, like Mother Teresa always says, she wouldn't do anything anti. She would only join movements that it was pro, like Mm, pro something. She wouldn't join any Mm -hmm. anti because that's separation. And so that is takes discipline to focus on the thing you are about and you are creating more of, right? That takes such discipline. Yeah, definitely. I really like that. I like standing um, in that, not in the face of, of adversity or the opposite, but just purely in that lane and whole in that choice. That's really cool. Yes. And I believe that is what will catalyze more of this cohesion. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as they're big claims, you know, like I stand for peace is a pretty big claim for myself. And, you know, if, if I stand for love, that would be a really big claim. Right. And so as we claim those simple, high frequency truths for ourselves and we live from that place, it's going to change the landscape drastically from what we're seeing today. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I I do this exercise that helps me kind of set a framework for myself in the mornings that may be super helpful and that goes totally in line with what we're talking about. And it's really about attention awareness and that that whole integration piece. And it's super simple. You can make a little tic-tac-toe chart for yourself. And up at the top, it's energy and work and love as your top columns, and then identity, virtues, and action steps. Because part of the thing is our thoughts are the seed that will then perpetuate the action steps that are taken. But information without implementation is a complete waste of time. And they've actually done studies that that can become depressive and suppressive. So we don't want to just be information gatherers and have it collecting like digital dust or cellular dust inside of us. So that action row is so very important. So like for an example, if you're filling this out for yourself, you just want to be thinking like, what is the identity that I want to embody in the energy category? You can think of that as it being in the physical side of things as well. You know, maybe that's a dancer, maybe that's a yogini, maybe that's a goddess, whatever that is for you. What are the virtues that that identity has to embody Maybe it's fluidity, maybe it's posture, maybe it's consistency, like whatever that verb is, whatever that virtue that you need to embody. And then what behaviors, what action steps do you need in order to fuel that? It kind of goes back to the be, do, have concept, right? So whatever identity we want, we kind of have to put that action step in. Then moving over into the work category, maybe it's leader, you know, and maybe it's confidence then in the values or the virtues to get that identity of leader. And maybe that's consistent content creation. If you are an entrepreneur, or if you want to have a platform, or you want to have your own podcast, like we have, where we're sharing our message with listeners and knowing in our heart that this message is going to land at the perfect divine time. And then moving to the last category of the love category, that can be like your heart center. That could be family, relationships, anything that's cultivating love. Maybe that identity for you is lighthouse. Maybe you really want to have this very widespread, radiant feeling. And some of those virtues then could be like radiance. It could be love. It could be light beams. And what do you do to achieve that? It could be meditation for you to to tap in, to silence the noise. So that can literally be a two-minute exercise for everyone. 
tic-tac-toe board, one word. And it is just kind of like centering your GPS saying, here's everything that I, that I desire, that I am, that I'm committing to embodying. And just like you said, more of that is going to come to us. And we set that intention. And then sooner than later, we're going to be in that category like that. I love that you said that. That's a beautiful, thank you for sharing that. And Absolutely. What a, what a beautiful morning practice to center and align to your highest truth before you start your day and keeping that mindfulness going all day long, maybe even by keeping that with you all day long and just keep looking at it like, oh, that's right. I was doing this today because we do tend to sometimes get forgetful. <laughs> about what our goal was and, True. you know, and lose, get distracted. You know, that's this life. It can be up until now, very distracting away from the, the, the core truths that we're actually here to embody and, and live. I love that practice. And I love that you said about action because that's karma. Karma happens with action. So, you know, it also happens with inaction, but it's our choices, right? It's our choice to not make a choice? Is our choice to not take an action or is our choice to take this action or that action? Those are all part of our, that's how we embody. That's how we, that is earth school is making choices. And, you know, it can be a little intimidating to make choices when you know there could be consequences. So um, that's where I want to bring back the message that started this show that I just channeled. Okay. Was like, Mistakes are welcome. Mistakes are good. Mistakes are learning. Mistakes are celebratory. <laughs> like make mistakes. It's okay. Yeah. And then just admit you made one. That's it. That's a simple thing. And then choose differently next time. That's, that's all. That's the whole thing is so simple and we overcomplicate it. Yeah. And then absolutely. like deer the headlights. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, it, it is so natural. And I think that you know, when we can grant ourselves the permission to let go of shame and blame, it is so much more freeing. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that needs work. Cool. You know, like we're just curious, you know, we're, we're putting on like the, the detective suit right now and analyzing our day, like what went awesome? What could have gone better? Cool. How do I make that change tomorrow? And I think when we can approach our life like that and our business like that, it takes away so much pressure you know, and so much fear that you are going to screw up. And, and it is more challenging. We're in the public eye right now. And so, you know, it, it, it definitely, it's not something so easy, but we're not going to get there without practice. Like it took me a whole year before I developed the confidence to press the go live button on Facebook. And that was a really painful year to have that thing on my to-do list, like Groundhog Day, every single day, go live, go live, go live. And I was like, what is my problem? Like, I am not a procrastinator. What is the thing here keeping me from this? And so, I feel like the way we bust through that is to just just literally do it. Because if we stay in our head, we're never going to get out of that space and it's just going to be more uncomfortable. So it literally is embracing imperfect action, taking the action, taking a look at it. How could I do that a little bit better? Cool. Let's try again tomorrow. Exactly. And that's how simple it can be. Yeah. It gets complicated when we have all the other stuff. And that's okay that that happens. Not a problem. And we can learn to be making mistakes with more grace. Yeah, I love that. We, we, all, we, we all need more self-grace, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, more self-grace. Exactly. Be kind. Kind and gentle to yourself and your body, your beautiful body that's here to support you, people. Mm. Oh, it just hurts to judge. Ah, oh, It hurts. It feels good to accept grace. 
So that's why we're encouraging you to do it. So I see that you have a complimentary strategy session. I do. And you have a free mini training, which I'm going to put the links below. Do you want to tell us anything about those um, two offers? Yeah, absolutely. So the mini training is called Know Thyself and Lead. And that is a three-part video series that just helps you start that embodiment process, helps you get tuned in to you know, that the Ikigai, which is the Japanese philosophy of reason for being. So it gives you some practical tools and exercises that you can drop into what you're good at, what your mission is, what you were put here. And so I'm, I have some, you know, things that can walk you through that process because it's awesome to get visuals. I'm a very visual learner. So I've got some support printables in there for you. And it's not hugely time consuming, which is great. You can get like really quick insight. So if what we're talking about right now is resonating, then I recommend that you go over there because you get a lot of clarity and it truly, to me, like self-leadership is about knowing yourself. And from that point, you can share and disseminate your wisdom from a place of experience versus book smarts. It is truly like the wisdom of going through this and traversing that terrain. So I think feel like that's how you have power and that's how you're going to have a very magnetic message is when you come from that place. So that's at caseyrossi.com slash lead. And then the strategy session is really for people that are called to like a six month coaching program that they really want to go from a place of maybe not having great boundaries or being people pleasing or just being burned out. And they're really looking to have a soul aligned and profitable business. Like a big part of my mission is you can have both of those simultaneously. It is not that you're spiritual and poor you know, where you're not spiritual and you can be wealthy. Like I truly believe you can have both of those at the same time. I've done that for myself. I've had helped many clients do that as well. And I just want to have a caveat there that when I say profitability, I really am looking at like six segments of wealth. I'm not just looking at financial wealth, but I'm looking at physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, like financial, and that collective connection piece of the pie as well. So it it goes back to that holistic synergy. I love all that. That's beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Thank you so much for those offers. Everyone, you know, if you really love what Casey had to say and you're resonating with her vibration and her words, then go check it out. Go over there and download that and see what registers for you. And if you're really inspired and you want some help and you think she can help you, then go book the discovery call. I mean, you know, you won't know unless you try. And so give it a whirl and try it out. So that's my recommendation. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I want to just encourage everybody. If you love this show, let's say you got some bit of wisdom here, you got some comfort, you got some inspiration, you got some insight, you know, share it out, be brave, courageous, share it out with somebody or like, and subscribe or follow or whatever the words are, do all that stuff, help it engage. That's the word I was looking for engage in it, take an action. Because when you write a review or you share it out or you follow, subscribe, it's like you saying to the universe, yes to this. Yes to this. I like these messages and I'm saying yes and I'm taking my action and I'm engaging to say yes to this. When you go over for Casey's course, you're saying yes to this. I want more of this. So take the action. That's how the universe is asking you to show up for yourself. 
So I, I just welcome you to it. And now we're going to give kisses. Casey, are you ready to help me give kisses? Sure. Here they come, people. <laughs> COVID-free kisses coming up. Energetic. <laughs> okay. <Mwah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so sweet. Yeah. Well, it's because we love you, people. <laughs> we love you. And we hope you have a fantastic week. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul